Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like I never left. Yes, listeners, you can hear my dulcet tones again. I do not sound too bad. As always, I think, my name is Rory. Welcome to the Anglo-Italian pod, and I'm joined by my very good friend, Adam. Hey, Rory. I've missed those dulcet tones of yours over Monday night, but uh, we're (laughs) blessed to have it back. How are you? Because we were talking offline, but more importantly, I'm sure the listener would be craving to find out how was your weekend in Madrid? It was unbelievable. It was so good to be back in a city that I've not been to in a very, very long time. Seeing people that I've not seen in a very, very long time. Caught up with some people that I realised just how close I was with them when I was living in in Spain. Just, It was incredible to see them. The wedding was absolutely baller. It was in the same house that they filmed the series uh, Money Heist or Casa de Papel. Now, mm-hmm. I've not seen the series, so it was completely lost on me. But everyone <laughs> was telling me, and I was like, oh, that is quite cool. It was a really, really sick um, like like the countryside and the yeah. building was really beautiful. And the most important thing, of course, it was free alcohol all day <laughs> and the food was incredible. So um, I'll kind of end the story there, but I'll just say congratulations again to Dan and Pato. It was a beautiful wedding. Thank you for inviting me. Um, and yeah, I am back to talk about football. Last weekend, mm. I didn't see a single thing except Kai Havertz's goal. I made sure to seek that one out. Um, but you will be relieved to know I did. I have been watching the Champions League this week. I'm back. I'm back to the old habits, you know, football back on the telly, back on the sofa, just how I like it. I quite, you know, Mm. I'm a bit of a home bird sometimes, Um, but how have you been, man? (laughs) I've been very good, thank you. I've got a really poorly son at the moment, so uh, I had to uh, nurse him a little bit, but you can tell he's up to his usual self when he's asking for Haribo. So um, we'll, we'll... <laughs> that's usually a big sign. So that's a big sign. So he's back yeah. to school tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh, he's played himself there. He's played oh, himself. Yeah, he's played me right like the hook and sinker that he yeah. is. But yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. He was genuinely ill. So yeah, um, coughing fits and all sorts. So uh, yeah, it's just dropped in temperature here. I'm sure it's very similar in Milan as not well, far fair, off here to be so, fair yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's what it is. nice well we do actually have quite a lot to talk about this week um we've got of course the Champions League roundup with all the drama there mm-hmm. Manchester United being lots and lots of fun uh, Newcastle fans suddenly complaining about referees <laughs> um we'll be talking about Milan and just how disappointing they are and will continue to be Man City even when they're bad they still somehow mm. win um Copenhagen getting a massive result against Bayern, Real Madrid, Napoli, Mazzari having a pretty bright start. <laughs> He's returning yeah. Naples. Um, 
of course, we'll be covering Patsa Inter and how they managed to endeavour against one of their old former players. And we will find some time for Arsenal, who actually won 6-0 in the Champions <laughs> League game. I could not believe my eyes. Um, we will then, of course, be looking forward to the Serie A and Premier League weekends, and we'll be finishing with our Mastermind quiz. Um, Adam, if that's everything, should we give these listeners a little break and come back with the main action? Let's do it. Let's do it. We did it. Here we go. We are back. And it's time to discuss all of the Champions League action. Um, And... Where do we want to start, Adam? We're going to start on Tuesday night with the big stories. Yeah, Tuesday. let's start with Tuesday. Remind the listener what actually happened, right? And uh, yeah, it started off with Lazio versus Celtic. Whoa, what a rivalry that already seems like. <laughs> they <laughs> properly hate each other for the fact they've barely ever met. It's brilliant. Yes. Yeah, it was uh, already set by the stands and the uh, yeah the. Sheets that were made up by Rangers fans, clearly, uh, Rory. Um, it's either that or it was exchanged emails from. Lazio I think there may have been some Rangers recon connection, like, right? Yeah, speed yeah. dial. How do we translate X right for you? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, um, the match itself, though, Rory, um, we have to hand it to Lazio because on Monday night review we were kind of lost with Lazio after they lost to Salernitana. <laughs> we and, we um, said it, didn't we? There's yeah. no way they're going to lose that. And then okay. they pull out this kind of result, which was actually, to be fair, when you look at the game itself, I saw the highlights myself. Um, they played really well, in fairness. Mm. I know Celtic did respectively quite well, I felt, um, given that they've not really good travellers, especially when it comes to <laughs> European competitions of late. Um, and they gave a good account of themselves, Rory, but it was just the quality of Chiro on the night. Um, mm. What a man. He reminds us sometimes that actually you shouldn't we keep, underestimate him, yeah. should you? We keep counting him out. We keep counting him out and being like, oh, he's finished. But then he does come back and just do something. And he just, all of a sudden, he turns into a bags man again. And you're like, ah, yeah, yeah there's still a job for you here, isn't there? There is still a job. Massively, massively. Um, there's a few other interesting additions like Ravella. Um, interesting to see him play in the middle of the park. I thought Murzic also had a good game on the left-hand side for uh, Lazio. Um, Providal, I think, played some part as well pulling off a few saves mm-hmm. and Isaksen. Isaksen looks uh, interesting talent, Rory. I haven't seen much of him this season, but yeah, he came into flourish in this particular match. Um, yeah. What, what do you think about Isaksen yourself? He's a player that people were quite excited about when he came. Mm. And it was, I think people didn't necessarily expect him to get many minutes and just no. for him to kind of find his way in the squad and get used to the culture, etc. But he's a player that people have been very excited about. A nice kind of pacey, tricky mm. winger, quite direct. I've always been impressed with him when I saw him. Um, so I think, yeah, and, and exciting, like, alongside that, um, the guy they got from uh, Milan, Romero as well, the young mm-hmm. player there. I feel like some young players they've brought in are quite clever and given a few years, mm. you might be going, ah, that was a very good window. Um, they've brought in a lot of averageness as well, but I feel like the young players they've brought in uh, give the Lazio fans some cause for excitement, I think. Um, it's good yeah. to see him like, in the Champions League. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, great, great performance from him. I feel like for Celtic, 
it's kind of weird. <laughs> I feel like every game, bar when they got two players sent off, it's kind of been like, oh, they were good, but just not quite good enough. Yeah. I mean, do you feel, I always said this at the beginning of the campaign when we were, when we were kind of predicting how this kind of t- uh, groups would end up. And I said Celtic would finish bottom personally. I, mm. I remember saying that. <laughs> I said but, they'd qualify, I think. Yeah. Well, we'll forget about that <laughs> alongside the Lazio shout for the <laughs> Scudetto. Um but what I wanted to ask you is because obviously my my opinion was they didn't invest the money into that squad, no, right? No, no. They're kind of going on the cheap again. Um, but do you genuinely feel like Rogers can maybe bring in some quality and get them to a high level can, if they can keep the existing batch of players, right? Because I think that's fundamental to it because a lot of those players, I wouldn't be surprised if they're touted for January, maybe yeah. transfers, maybe even in the summer. Um, but yeah, well, there's a I lot mean, of players there that like even that Johnston, the right the right back, is it? The yes, um, yeah, the, Johnston, the Canada, Matthew O'Reilly, who's the Danish midfielder. I think he's gonna certainly looks quite decent um, mm-hmm. at the moment because they got him on the cheap from MK Dons of all places, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. and he's kind of flourished. Uh, Furuhashi as well. He seems of like course a the good Japanese time. players. Have, yeah, have definitely. They're, like Kyogo, I've been waiting for him to move. To be fair, because every time mm. I've seen him, I thought he's just like ice cold. I think he's yeah. like a really, really good player. Um, so I think yeah, for Celtic, as always, it's if they can keep hold of players. But I think. Maybe them having a bit of a period where they've not spent money mm. and with them being in the Champions League allows them that if these players do leave, they'll have extra money to kind of actually spend and replace them. I think, obviously, the the fans would rather that they replace them before the players left. But think so, yeah. in the second best case scenario could be, well, at least you've got money to then invest again. So I yes. think maybe there could be like, if some of the players leave, they shouldn't really be strapped for cash. They should be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Rogers's recruitment, I'm not really sure because obviously it went so badly wrong for him at Leicester. And I feel like Leicester's recruitment did get worse. It definitely got worse. Mm. But I don't know how much of a hand he had in that because I know Leicester was very much kind of director of football model and like very much they had the system before he got there, right? But so I'm not really sure what his recruitment is like. You'd mm. have to go back to his Liverpool days, really, or or his first stint in Celtic sus, to see what is well. To be fair, yeah. So I think, like, I know that all the, the the vibe I get is that Celtic fans in general aren't particularly pleased with him and aren't impressed with him in general um, mm. because he left and then he came back and said I'm never leaving and then well, yeah, kind of, of but I think his conduct in general hasn't really won the fans over. So I think he's not going to get as much patience as many other managers would. So mm. he's kind of got one crack at this, I think. Yeah, well, let's see. Let's see, uh, Rory. But let, let's move on because I'm conscious that there's a lot of football that we can talk about. And um, I want to give a shout out to Shatka Donetsk. Oof. They stand a huge chance of qualifying for the next round in their group. They got a 1-0 win against Royal Antwerp. Now, it wasn't plain sailing for Shatka. They uh, kind of held on tight, it has to be said. I was looking at these highlights today and... Um, yeah, Royal Antwerp were really gunning for it, even though they've been the shittest team in the they whole of the been, Champions League. By some stretch, they've been yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, fantastic to see them try and battle it out because um, now, in terms of their group, I believe it's Porto, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're level on points, check. right? Going yes, into yeah. last week. Exactly. So they stand a huge chance of uh, making it through. Um, obviously, Barcelona did them a huge favour. Um, so yeah, it, it goes down to the next game, really, and um, yeah, 
I mean, do, one of the most romantic them? stories in European football at the moment, like a team that's having to live off their own means and doing dealing with all sorts, not played yeah. at home for decades now, what feels like, like, and for them to just continue to cre- create quality young players and have teams that compete at this level is just incredible. It's incredible. Mm. And I'm always delighted to see them in the tournament. And I really hope Arsenal get them in the next round. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> But it does set them up because it just looks their next game is Porto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so That's that, that is going to be some feisty game. I can tell you that it's going to be end to end. So that might be the game to keep your eyes out on the next round. Mm-hmm. Um, Shall we move on to AC Milan now, Rory? Hell. <laughs> that they expression are... kind of sums up that kind of performance. To be <laughs> They're fair. really depressing at the minute. Their fans like, make me laugh. They don't just genuinely like. If there's a moment to like laugh at some base of fans, it's their fans at the moment because they are like really pissed off with purely the the kind of structure at the club. Obviously, the chairman as well. They've been um, kind of changing their tune about their transfer business in the summer and now making out as if like (laughs) they hadn't addressed the key elements yet. I don't recall Rory any Milan's fans being dissatisfied in the summer after all of their signings either right no and i but i do also think i might have been quite complimentary about their business so i'm going to be careful about what i say i have been disappointed with how some of the players have gone i think rinders had a really bright start but has definitely faded okafor i expected a lot more for chukweze we've seen him and he's scored in this game fantastic but that's about the only thing he's done since he's arrived um i think a lot of like Loftus-Cheek, as Loftus-Cheek always is, he's fantastic when he's on the pitch, but he can't always make it onto the pitch, Um, which is something that they would have known or should have known before they signed (laughs) him. Um, So I I feel like some of the deals could have gone, and maybe this is an obvious thing to say, but they could have gone one or two ways, but all of them have gone the same way and not Mm. particularly well. But I think the reason for that is because what makes signings go well is good coaching, Managers bringing them into the team and bringing them into a system, in melding them properly. Pioli definitely isn't doing this now. He's meant to be like his strength is tactics, right? He's a yeah. tactician. He's like, you know, that brains. He's not a man manager. He's not like he is a tactician, and mm-hmm. I feel like he is failing to find tactics that now fit these players that he mm-hmm. can actually get the most out of these players. And I think what we're seeing is a man run out of ideas and rapidly run out of time. But I think the thing is, he's going to be there till the end of the season. And there's no way they sack him before the end of the season because they're basically out of Europe now. If they were going to sack him, they, they would have sacked him by now. I think he's there until the end of the season so they don't have to pay as much when they sod him off because mm. like they're not a particularly rich club, right? The Italian football isn't a wash. They're not, money. they're not, no. And I think... This is the only reason he's still in this job because the football we're seeing from Milan is just depressing. It's just depressing. There's nothing you can say about it that's really positive. Did you see any positives there? No, no. I was going to say, I think you can kind of sum it up by there was a scene where I think it was around the 90th minute mark and Tamori's running with the ball and he's actually getting his arm with the other one whilst he's got the ball in his like feet and trying to encourage all of the Milan players move. to get to the <laughs> yeah, other end. Yeah. Like, what are they doing? Like, sitting back, it's 3-1. Like, try and get a goal. I mean, it just 
you could see by the demeanor of the players, yeah. like at that stage, they knew they lost. They knew that was it. They couldn't turn it around. And I, I was going to say to you, as much as you can kind of say purely's run out of ideas, I also feel like on the pitch, they are struggling to manage the games. Like, for example, mm. in the league, we've seen it numerous times already where they've taken a lead, for example, against Napoli, they've done it against Lecce, where they've taken two goal leads and they've then let those teams back into the match, right? And whilst this was a different scenario in terms of the game and the way it panned out, there was times where Milan weren't necessarily bad, but just they were outbeaten to the ball. They just didn't read it properly. And I, I feel like, obviously... They are missing the likes of Benesser in the middle of the park. It's quite clear to see that, right? He, He's I back think in the he, squad this weekend. Exactly. Which is huge, He'll be huge. But even up top, when last weekend, Rory, they had to bring on Ramada, the, uh, or Kamada even, sorry. Kamada, the 15-year-old. Yeah. And you're kind of thinking, this is quite kind of desperate because Jovic, he had one chance in the match. It wasn't particularly well taken by him. Uh, he was unlucky on this occasion against Dortmund. Yeah. He had an effort that hit the crossbar as well. Um, mm-hmm. But he, yeah, he's not insp- inspirational to kind of take over that fold of Giroud. Giroud looks like he's like completely drained of any energy right now. He's the, after that penalty. Thirty-seven. Miss as well. He's thirty-seven <laughs> years old. <laughs> like you can't. You have to at some point be like, okay, you're an option off the bench, Giroud. And he was only ever meant to be an option off the bench. Of course. He wasn't supposed to be their starting striker. He can't have meant to have been their starting striker. What they've done is they saw Zlatan and thought, he's the same. He can do basically (laughs) the same, right? Um, And as Zlatan would say, there's only one Zlatan, right? No one else is like Zlatan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Yeah, utterly depressing for Milan. I think this season now is just all about them getting in the top four again. They just have to make sure they get in the top four. That's all they've got to do now. It's not guaranteed even slightly because it's super tight up there. Um, Mm -hmm. But that is their only focus now. And I think the board have just got to hope that Pioli manages to pull that job off and then go, right, okay, thank you, but off you go. Yeah, Um, exactly. And the thing is, the, the, with the recruitment, it's a bit mad because when Maldini was sacked, they were all super angry, understandably. But I thought they did... I thought their recruitment had, had been decent this summer. I'm surprised at how badly it's gone. Honestly, I am surprised at how badly it's gone. One uh, question I, think, I will face. Yeah. Do you think they should have gone for defenders? Because this is the thing that I seemingly see a lot of Milan fans saying is this defensive aspect now i think prior mm. you might have made maybe had arguments about calabria maybe that kind of florenzi on that right hand side maybe that's not strong enough right but yeah other than that i wouldn't have necessarily said they were in bad state i mean there's probably the element of they haven't got many backups if one of them drops out because i think that's the lulu's another one that is obviously injured and i think he fits yeah. the vo- or fills the void sometimes but yeah, I think to, it's kind of come out that Malik Chow walks out on crutches after that match against Dortmund. So he's potentially off. And they're talking about a young-ish kid, I think. He may be Serbian mm-hmm. descent. Um, oh, he's okay. a 19-year-old. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be potentially called up for this weekend's game. Um, but yeah, it's not looking too great. So. Like you, you do have to say like that is an injury crisis. That is an yeah. injury crisis. But also... 
if you're looking at Simon Kier as one of your strongest centre-backs. Again, great player, yeah, yeah. great career. Yeah, but alongside Giroud, he shouldn't be starting every minute. <laughs> Maybe you should have invested in other centre-backs. But I also think hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But, of course it is. Because I think if you looked at that defence, you weren't you weren't particularly worried. Tiao on his day is very, very good. Kalulu on his day, which is less often than Tiao's day. But Kalulu is good mm-hmm. every so often. So I think you look at it and you go, okay, no, there's, there's enough strength there. Tamori is like an ever-present. But yeah, I think yeah maybe in hindsight they should have they should have invested a bit there. Mm. The issue for me as well is Mainyan, who has been absolutely fantastic for oh. them. That is the that's the first mistake I've seen him make. I think if maybe the second. Yeah, I think he's coming out with a few more recently. Obviously, mm. this game highlighted it a Another lot. Another one's more. like in the back of my head somewhere, but I can't quite. Yeah. Yeah, it did look like Manyan was with you at the wedding. The way he performed. Yeah, well, I'll tell <laughs> you what, fair. I was full. Yeah, I, I was falling down a bit quicker than him. I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a shame because I know he was suffering with a fever on Saturday. So whether it's the after effects of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, he should be doing really potentially bad. better with that second goal in particular, where yeah. he kind of it was harms it. Really bad. But we do have to say, Dortmund, the absolute one of the surprise packages from oh. this tournament so far. Like, the Terzic, the manager, has definitely, because they're not having a great time in the No, 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 no. Far from it. They're Far really it. not. No. But they're really getting this cup football thing. It's going quite <laughs> yeah. well. So I think maybe he's just got like something about, because for them to be top in this group, the, the group is basically upside down, maybe you would say. To like, a degree. To, to, to a degree, yeah. Exactly. Like PSG is still second, I suppose. But you're like, I and a lot of other people thought Dortmund would finish bottom. But what I've been really yeah. impressed by, despite the fact they've come up against three schizophrenic teams, because all of the teams, you don't know who's going to turn <laughs> up really. Yeah. They've just been really calm and done their job. Yes. And be like, yeah. no, we just, if we perform at this level and they're on an off day, we'll be fine. And mm. PSG and Milan are massively schizophrenic. Newcastle, <laughs> this is their first Champions League thing. Yeah. So you, But they've just, I've been really impressed with just how calmly they've gone about their business. And they've got, what, three wins, a draw and a loss. Like, that's massive. Yeah, massively. And the one thing I want to highlight was Uncle Sharma, after this match, he kind of gave a reel of Mats Hummels and his tackling in, and reading of the game, which was, that was a Mats Hummels. We all kind of saw the talent of what he was like. And I hadn't seen it for a few seasons in the few games that I have seen Dortmund play. Like he's gone missing or he's done something stupid, for example. Um he genuinely looks class. He looks like your Canovaros that just read the game. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. not very fast, but they can just read the game, really calm on the ball, makes the important tackles. That is someone that Milan could crave right now, to be oh, fair, the, the, to come well, in I, and do a job. I, I, to be they couldn't also, do it. But also, the issue for Dortmund is that they're still relying on Marco Royce and Mats Hummels as their there best is players. That. And you're there like, that, yeah. guys, you need to move on at some point too as well, right? Like, this is their last ride. Well, look, the they brought in Nicholas Fulkrig, who's a 34-year-old as well. Yeah. So- <laughs> yeah. A practical spring chicken. And we've not even got to Sevilla's squad yet. But yeah, <laughs> a, a practical spring chicken compared to the rest of them. Um, but yeah, incredible campaign from Dortmund so far. Massively impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have to move to the other group. The other game course, in this group, course, which yeah. I think is the main talking point from Tuesday night, really, um, <laughs> which is Newcastle. Well, PSG won, Newcastle won. Yeah. Now, I know I've got an agenda, but I'm just going to go for it. 
the <laughs> fact that people are saying Newcastle were robbed in this game is an absolute joke. PSG had 31 shots. They had enough shots in this game to win about 10 nil. Like, they did. I, they did. I yeah. understand the penalty decision was really shit, and we'll get onto it. But mm-hmm. it wasn't this fantastic defensive performance from Newcastle that they managed to control the game and keep it at tight. They were fucking lucky, and Nick Pope had a blinder. Yes. Like, but PSG should have won this. I'm going to be conservative at probably four five one, right? Because they were absolutely <laughs> running through Newcastle. Well, but yeah. unfortunately, we can't really talk about the football. Because the decision at the end has cost Newcastle. Um, Eddie Howe came out and complained wow, and about out. the referee yeah. after the game uh, on TNT Sport. It's quick. It's funny how life, how quick life comes at you, Eddie. Um, but what did you think of the decision? It obviously wasn't. I mean, yeah. In the Premier League, it wasn't a penalty, right? Yeah. Look, look. Obviously, there's. We found out since that there's two different kind of interpretations of handballs, right? And um, if I was to talk about it without those kind of rulings, I w- wouldn't have given it. I think Shimon Mchaniak also probably doesn't give it, right? He's mm. not stupid ref. Let's forget about this kind of no, context of it being quite a kind of a contro- controversial decision. Sorry, my words not coming out, but <laughs> it's more of a case of. Look, he read it by the manipulation of what the rules have stated for that competition. So technically, what the kind of ruling was, if you're if the player is seen to be kind of dominating or trying to make themselves bigger, and although it does hit him off the chest and then hits his arm, it's the position of it that makes it mm-hmm. deemed as a handball. I wouldn't have given it personally, but that's the rules, and Machiniak followed it through. I think yeah. what is a bit shitty from UEFA is how they then went to demote uh, Tomasz Kwiatkowski, who is the VAR ref, uh, for his next game, which was due to be Real Sociedad against Salzburg, of because as a consequence of this decision. So they wow. haven't come out as actually saying that was the rationale. They said they refused to comment. They just make decisions based on balance. It um, was but, yeah. another incident that we can't go into. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, there's a lot of pressure, clearly, uh, from... I, I, I'm not going to say, let's put it that way, um, but yeah. clearly on UEFA to uh, have a look at these kind of rules. And uh, I can see it being changed very quickly, Rory. <laughs> I would uh, not be surprised by the next round of games if that's kind of suddenly gets tweaked because it's an IFAB interpretation here that we're talking about. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, like you clearly articulated, I feel Newcastle were lucky. They did fantastically well through Nick Pope mainly. Um, but, yeah, on another day, PSG definitely win that match quite easily, don't they? Um, but it goes to show you, I mean, that that's the kind of games that they do struggle to actually, mm. actually be more clinical, I think. That's the kind of thing. And I wonder if this will... You know, this is highlighted, so therefore, will teams set up in a very similar vein if they've got better quality as well? So, um, yeah, I mean, look, unlucky night for Newcastle to an extent, but I think PSG on another night is definitely 4 5 nil. That's yeah. that's easily said. Like, it wasn't even yeah. a contest. It was 73% possession, I think, is what I saw <laughs> yeah. for PSG. Like, it was... It was what Newcastle were always going to do, turn up and try and like, because you're not going to go toe-to-toe with PSG in Paris. Like, not. Eddie's not an idiot. But I just didn't like the the narrative of like, oh, poor Newcastle after an incredible performance. It's like, uh, that's not really. 
not really. <laughs> um, but yeah, if that's the rule, then unfortunately that's the rule, and that's it's a penalty. Then it's just obviously, as we were kind of saying off off mic, that like there should be a standardization across all competitions, yeah. surely. Um, but we don't have time to go into that really, and uh, why UEFA. <laughs> dicks we all know that um but yeah big point for um newcastle still um that keeps them level on five points with milan who can still qualify somehow um uh, psg in second on seven points and dortmund safe qualified on 10 points they've done it already all good (laughs) um what were you worried about um so milan need to win Yes, against and they have to hope. Newcastle away, yeah. and then the ho- and then hope, favor. and then hope that Dortmund beat PSG, right? And that's it. Yeah, technically. Wow. We will see. I'm not holding my breath for that one. I'll be honest, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm sure Milan fans aren't either. No. Um, but that was Tuesday night, really. I think the other games. Um, Feyenoord one, Atletico Madrid three. A really beautiful video here from uh, Raquel May. Great to have that name back in the football world, by the way. Um, him being given the man of the match. As well. Sorry. Sorry? I was going to say, great goal by Hermoso in this game as well. You have to watch Atletico it. have been scoring bangers in this tournament. Yeah. I think they're a bit of a dark horse, honestly. Um, but the video of him, of Riquelme being given the man of the match award is just really beautiful. He like nearly mm. cries. He can't believe it. He, he thinks it's like a wind-up. I shared it on our Instagram. It's an unbelievable, really beautiful moment. Mm. But I think... Atletico Madrid are absolutely smashing this. Do you think they've got an outside shout? We know what we yeah, know yeah, what yeah. Um, Simeone is like. Yeah, I, I kind of call them the dark horses mm-hmm. <laughs> for this competition. Um, but yeah, genuinely, I think look, there's a definitely a leaf turning moment for Diego Simeone. He can mix it up. I feel we know about a shit houseery. It feels like mm-hmm. they're giving a bit more freedom to their players to play. Um, so there's certainly uh, been very interesting. And I think there's a renaissance with Alvaro Morata as well up front. He's mm-hmm. really seems to be enjoying himself. Like you say, Griezmann's yeah. another one. And if you look at the kind of staples within that squad, obviously Oblak at the back, mm-hmm. formidable there. They're quite strong across the pitch, yeah. to be honest. And I would not fancy being paired up with them in the next round. Right. Or any of the Please following rounds thereafter. Please that, don't give us that. That could be horrific. That could be horrific. Yeah. So um, watch out for Atletico is all I can say. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about them as long as Arsenal avoid them because every time we've played them in Europe, they've done us. And it's, I really hate losing to Atletico because <laughs> um, it's never fun to watch at yeah. all the entire time. Um, and then finally, Man City... Even when wow. they're bad, they win. They managed to pull it out. Uh, Julian Alvarez again in the 87th minute. Um, after Leipzig go 2-0 up. I know. A massively stunned Man City. But there is just some air of inevitability about them, eh? There is, unfortunately. But we have to highlight the performance of uh, Leipzig. That kind of shook kind of everyone at the by half time because they'd taken the two-goal lead at that point um, through a Kome Appenda who I'd never really seen beforehand. Um, Looks at his history. He was mainly at Lons last season. Um, So from his kind of stats, you can see he does seem quite prolific. There's a goal every other game. Very exciting Um, player. And then you kind of look at that performance and you go, wow, that is a hell of a talent. That, yeah, 
surprise, surprise, Red Bull Leipzig have got a talent on their hands. Yeah, again. Um, yeah. But you could see even for the second goal, even Pep's like really pissed off at like how good he's like he's taken uh, Diaz to the cleaners on that right yeah. hand or left hand side, comes into the inside and gets it past Edison in the goal. So um, really good finish. Um, obviously, there's um, Simmons as well. They're playing as well. So it'd be very interesting to see them in the next round. I think it's um, yeah, it's just maybe they're just a bit at the back, a bit lost. Maybe yeah. they just need a bit of experience, it's fair to say, Rory. But um, I saw them at the beginning of the season when it was Harry Kane's first game against mm-hmm. them in that kind of cup game. Oh, the Super and Cup. Yeah, 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 Leipzig played really well that night. And obviously they're missing Danny Olmo as well. Don't forget that you've got some Massive. certain players that are out of this squad at the moment that if they return, then that yeah. could be an interesting proposition. Red Bull Leipzig could be interesting. But inevitably, like we say, Man City get themselves back in the game. Haaland's goal was well taken. Phil Foden off this chart in terms of the way his close control is. He reminds me of a Gaza-esque player and that is promising for England. And then Alvarez, well taken third goal. Um, So yeah, easy, easy kind of game by the end of it, right, Rory? But It was fairly comfortable. I think once City scored, you were kind of like, even Leipzig were like, ah, frig. (laughs) (laughs) This is it now. We shouldn't have let them score. Now they're going to win and we're going to be really annoyed. It did just feel inevitable. But I do find it interesting that Man City are more get-attable this year. They are more get-attable. There's a chance, yeah. They are letting teams into games and that is at least a promising sign. (laughs) Like... Even if they do come back and win, there's still there's a moment there where they're weak. So I think yeah. they, you know there's light at the tunnel, at the end of the tunnel somewhere. Um, also, their trial date was announced today. <laughs> yes, um, it's going to be late August, uh, late autumn next year. Um, I'm excited. I'm actually excited. We'll see. To be we'll concluded see by 24-25 season, in line with yep. Pep Guardiola's contract ending, which I found quite ironic. Um, so, yes, let's wait and see what happens there. Mm, yes, I'm not going to say what I was going <laughs> to say. Let's move to Wednesday evening. I really considered it then, but I'm not going you to. You did, yeah. Um, on Wednesday evening, that's the first time I've ever done that in my life. Uh, on Wednesday evening, it all started. Now, it looked like it was going to be a blockbuster. The rain was pouring from the skies just to, to throw in that extra element of chaos into a huge game. In Istanbul, as Galatasaray take on Manchester United, Manchester United's <laughs> European <laughs> campaign this season is absolutely oh, hysterical. Now, God. they have scored, I need to get this number right because I couldn't believe when I looked at it, they've scored 12 goals yeah. in, the, in, in the group stage, and but somehow got- they've endeavoured to concede 14 yeah. They've scored nine goals away from home, and they've not won a single one of those games. Um. It just beggars belief. They go 2-0 up. Galatasaray aren't even playing well. Galatasaray no, no, aren't no, just... They're it. really just bang average. But Manchester United just gift them into the game. And I find Possibly. it really... It kind of sums up to me this. And I know I keep going... But Bruno Fernandes came out after the game and said, we need to take responsibility and we need to be able to... Um, see these games out and behave responsibly and, you know, when we're 2-0 up, know how to manage a game. Okay, Bruno, who gave away the stupid free kicks? Who gave yep. away two free kicks for stupid fouls because you were trying to look busy in midfield? 
Who mm. gave those free kicks away? Before we get to the point that Onana has had a curse put on yeah, yeah. him, like I don't know what's happened to him. But before we get to that, like who gave away those free kicks? That was you, mate. Like don't come out in the presser and start pointing the fingers at everybody else. Like, and that sums up the issue at Manchester United for me, I think. Also, the fact the manager seemingly cannot stop anything. With the second something no, turns yeah. against him, he cannot deal with it. It's just deer in headlights, doesn't react. Just everything mm-hmm. happens to him. And then you have a goalkeeper who... I, Onana was one of the best goalkeepers in Europe last year, in the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah, He was one of the main reasons Inter got to the Champions League final. He was incredible in the final. He, like, everything has been great in his career. Apart from the drug scandal, everything has been great in his career until he gets to Manchester United. And I just find it so mad that another player who was world-class has turned up for United and it's just gone to shit. And I'm starting to think, I believe in curses. Like, there's not... This cannot be. It's different managers. It's different, like... I know it's the same owners, but the Glazers aren't fucking taking them out onto the training pitch. Like, the Glazers aren't giving team talks. There is something cursed in that building that is just destroying players. Maybe what they need to do is... uh, I don't know if you recall this, but Barry Fry, he said there was a curse (laughs) over Birmingham City. So he got advice from the gypsies who said he had to piss in every corner. So maybe that's what Eric Tenag has to do. But I, I, I think, to be honest, Rory, there is a toxic atmosphere around that kind of squad plays i think Mm. there's a core base of players there that have seen off managers over the years right and i think that is dwelling and making that kind of play atmosphere really bad at manchester united now like you rightly allude to anana was not shit he was good we we talked about him we raved about him last season for inter we were like gutted for Inter when they sold him because we felt actually the money that they sold him Mm -hmm. for wasn't really big enough I would say I think the fee should have been even higher personally Um, but the one thing I think was really good or well taken by Uncle Sharma he did a video today I think Mm -hmm. it was Um, he highlighted the fact that look (sighs) it's all about the defence as well ultimately the defence have to take some responsibility now under an Inter defence most of those situations get cleared. That instills that confidence into Onana, yeah. so he doesn't make those kind of decisions. He was one of the best shot stoppers against Porto last season in the quarterfinals mm-hmm. of the Champions League. So for him to do that almost a year ago to then turn this, to this kind of performance against Galatasaray is just... It's just you don't know where that player's gone. And he, like we've said, there's been a number of these players that have come to the United with this big hype and have just turned shit over time. It's quite it, funny. Just though, how does that happen? Um, so ultimately, it's... there's a combination of different reasons, right, Rory? But I think there is something wrong in that kind of dressing room. There's got to be some core players that just do not give a shit in that and just... Mm-hmm. I think I feel sorry for those um, players that have been kind of written off as those that are just not good enough, like your De Gea's, for example, that I think probably got badly tarnished by this kind of reputation. And since he's moved on, they kind of realised actually it wasn't that bad. He's still a free agent. His image is so ruined and probably his wage demands are so high that he cannot find another club. Like, it's insane. I find that, like, 
even players like I don't know, Bruno Fernandes is a very, very good player, and he scored another banger here. But I get everything about him is just is selfish. I think. Everything oh yeah, is about I don't like his attitude. Him. And I think a player like Garnacho, right, looks incredibly exciting, really exciting, mm-hmm. raw talent, like, but obviously a very good footballer. But also gives me that vibe of like, is he someone who's gonna like when the when the chips are down, is he going to be for Manchester United or is he going to be for Alejandro Garnacho? Like, we're yet to find out. And I think yeah. when you're getting into a changing room that already has people like that, maybe you're more likely to go one one way. This isn't like a character judgment on him e- either. I think I worded that wrongly. I just mean that when you're like a young player, you're very susceptible to people who are older than you and your role models. And if you yeah. are in a changing room that's full of people like that, you're more likely to go down that path. So I think... It could be another player that, like, unless the culture changes at Manchester United quite quickly, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him because he is a very exciting footballer. He mm-hmm. is, like, very, very, very good. It annoys me how good he is. Yeah. Like, and it, a fantastic goal from him, fantastic goal from Fernandez. I do have to say my favourite goal is the third one from Galatasaray, though. Um, yes. The first touch and finish is absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Just unbelievable. Yes. Unbelievable. Um, but we also have to say, Muslera was amazing in this game. Yeah. Make it, Onana must have just been, oh, fuck off, mate. You're making me look bad. Like, come <laughs> on. I'm already, I'm having enough problems here. But he was pulling off, and towards the end, it just went mental, this game at the end of it. It just went utterly yeah. mental. But he made like four or five saves in about three seconds. I thought, oh, that's what a keeper does. Like, it was unreal. Of course it was. Yeah, yeah. And he kind of rolled back the years of what we saw at Lazio, right, Rory? Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised to see Angelina. I didn't realize he was there on loan from Germany as well. So that was an interesting one. But yeah, I mean, obviously, Icardi almost scored as well in this match. Obviously, it was ruled to be very offside, close. very by the smallest of margins. Yeah. But his composure, I mean, Man United could do with him right now, he, to like, be fair. Icardi, if he didn't have his personality, and his would wife. be one of the best strikers <laughs> in the world. It's just that no club wants to go anywhere near him because his home life is just a bin fire. Like, and it's just what... At Inter, honestly, when he was at Inter, it, when I first moved to Milan, he was like the main striker at Inter and I could not believe how good he was. I was like, mm. this... Because no one was talking about him outside Italy. And I was like, this guy is just a killer. He's just yeah. unbelievable striker. Unbelievable striker. And it's good to see him smashing it up in Galatasaray. But that that place is equally mental as him. So <laughs> I'm sure it'll work out they, fine. They are married together, aren't they? Yeah. Those two. yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Wonder <laughs> is a very good follow on Instagram, though. It's very, very good follow. Yeah, very um, interesting. So Manchester United head, in, head into the last game week, needing to beat Bayern Munich at home. And hoping that Copenhagen and Galatasaray draw. I mean, that is very still possible. <laughs> it's like very possible. I think the hardest bit, honestly, is Copenhagen and Galatasaray drawing. I don't. I just don't see that match being a draw. Like, I think United. What will happen is United will beat Bayern, and then Galatasaray will win, and it won't matter. Well, I, I still fancy Copenhagen. I think they will. Pull really? off, I think they'll pull off a result because do you remember in the first game. <laughs> Um, Gobara, the goalkeeper, gave a bit of shit. Love him, by the way. So I think there'll be some added spice to this game if it wasn't already this context as well, right? He, yes. Yeah, he um, kind of made out that the city smelt 
let's put it that way. <laughs> such, I really like his energy. I think he's honestly <laughs> such a dick. But every match I've seen him playing, I'm like, this guy is bloody good, though. He is good. He can pull it off. He's got that attitude to match up with his abilities. Let's put it that way. Um, he is good. Like, if he was shit, you'd be like, oh, shut up, mate. But he is properly good. And you're like, oh, Genuinely, fair. in this summer, there was rumors of him being... Um, touted for Bayern Munich as a replacement Damn. for Neuer um, but for whatever reason maybe they saw his Instagram and thought but nah now nah, we don't need that <laughs> you know um, but he's he's going to the Bundesliga he's joining Wolfsburg oh, or Werder Bremen yeah, yeah. he's joined on a pre-contract agreement so he'll be joining them and then we'll see how he performs I think this is the thing I remember Gobara when he had a loan spell at Huddersfield Town if you remember mm. he was loaned out from Liverpool because he came out of Liverpool's yeah, academy yeah, at the yeah. time and uh, he had a few stinkers there um, it's fair to say so he's had to rebuild his career um, he's on the cusp of being in the Poland national squad so we'll, we'll wait and see I do like him but I think there's a really good goalkeeper by the name of Marcin Bulka who plays for Nice he's the Nice goalkeeper currently and um He's an interesting character, came from Chelsea's Youth Academy, okay. went to PSG. PSG liked him, but had him as a backup to Salvatore Sirigu. And, Sirigu then, yeah. and then I think it was someone else. And then he was like, I need game time. So he went on some loan moves. I think and then I he bought him on a, on a version of Football Manager and he's been fantastic for me. I recognize he, the name. He's yeah, a yeah. up and coming goalkeeper again Poland blessed with bloody goalkeepers again <laughs> yeah so. yeah if only you could play more than one yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. um, so we're gonna move on there Bayern Bayern drawing nil though with Copenhagen they're definitely phoning it in um Neuer made some massive saves towards the end of this game yes, as well to yeah. keep Copen uh, to keep Bayern in it um, what do we make of that yellow or the handball by the Copenhagen player. Did you see that? I thought uh, that was the right decision. I honestly thought you? it was the right decision. I think Newcastle fans will be annoyed because it's basically the same That's as what they're going to compare it. Before. Clip and clip. <laughs> but... Um, no, I thought, yeah, no, it, it, that's right. It's hit him, like, on the side and the arm at the same time. I think it, there was... Yeah, I'm like, no, I, I, I thought she got it right. The people of Munich definitely didn't agree, but I thought she got it right. I think Thomas Tuchel's face well. was a picture. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 There was, there was some. Uh, he spent most of the game diving anyway, Muller, towards the end. He just started hitting the deck whenever anyone got, got a yard within him. Um, but Bayern didn't manage to get the win. Um, so that leaves uh, Group A nice and finely balanced. That last <laughs> game week is going to be mental. Um, but we're going to move all the way to Madrid, I think. Should we go to Madrid? Let's do that. Let's talk about Madrid. And of course, again, now two people, and I'm going to I'm going to make him go second. But I wanted to talk about <laughs> Nico Paz first. Nico Paz comes in, youth product. Yeah. That turn was unbelievable. Past the past, I can't remember who the Napoli player was, but he turns past the player, turns around. Now, Meret should definitely do better, right? We'll talk should, about yeah, Meret. Yeah, yeah. We will talk about him. But I thought it was a really beautiful moment for this guy, like making his debut in Europe, Real Madrid youth product, just yep. spins it, hits it. It's a good hit. But just that turn, I was like, holy hell, who the hell is this guy? Another youth product from, from Madrid. I think they're kind of, um, they're, they call it like the Fatoria, right? They're factory. It's yes, actually quite yeah. underrated. It's pretty underrated. I think they do create a lot of decent players. They've been known for harnessing talents, right? They just mm -hmm. have them there, but they don't necessarily give them the opportunities. And when they do, they tend to be... Is it, 
a respect of how do they do on loan and do they yeah. feel that they can come back and become the stronger player or personality yeah, yeah. in the squad. It's very hard, don't forget, is the Galacticos mentality well, within Madrid, their team. So, if there's a hard place to get into the first team, it's Real Madrid. Exactly. And most of the yeah. time, Real Madrid, when they buy or have Spanish players, they tend to buy them in, right? So mm-hmm. it's not a case of that they've come naturally through the uh, actual yeah, academy. Yeah. So... It's actually quite nice as a pleasant surprise, but I think also Ancelotti's been forced into it given mm-hmm. the qualities and the depths that they've got at the moment. And I think it's interesting to see how that played out. There's clearly a talented individual there, but you look across that team as well. It's um, not not your usual kind of strong 11, shall we say. No. Um, but again, Rory, in typical Ancelotti fashion, they kind of it doesn't matter if they concede a goal they would just go and score another one anyway and it was kind of summed up by Jude Bellingham's performance I thought the guy's still got a shoulder injury and he could still do that pass he can still do that header I, I'm lost for the words that guy is just <laughs> insane it's it's like silly how good he is I'm just watching him and I'm like oh my god he's English and I know we keep saying it every week on this part but I'm just like we no one else can get him now. He's ours. That's it. No one else can have him. <laughs> yeah. Sod off. He's, He's ours. He's, He's a... only gonna play for us. It's incredible. The guy is just an, and it's beyond the fact that he's super talented and a nice guy who's trying to learn Spanish and he's like, you know, already everyone frigging loves him. He's he's an absolute winner. You can see just in his mind, he will do every like when there was a chance where he put a fantastic cross through for Hosolu who obviously missed the fucking header and it was like an open goal <laughs> and you know the chance it yeah. was like when when the commentator went Hosley was like, oh fuck I forgot he was there oh yeah it's gone <laughs> wide like and he was like smacking the ground like fuck fuck's sake like going properly mental and I was like this guy like he's he's driven as fuck as well right yeah, and I was like he's... he's just the complete package I'm I'm just in love with him and this performance again was insane um he just, he feels like one of those, there's very, it's a very rare thing, but players that are able to just go, okay, if no one else is going to win this game, I'm going to win this game. And he yeah. just drags everyone to the win and mm. he will find that pass. He will find whatever it takes to get the, to get the team over the line. And I think he will deliver Real Madrid, the Champions League, whether it's yeah, this year yeah. or next year, it's going to happen. But like he, they just look, and as you said, with a massive injury, like Vinicius is injured, like they've got a lot of players missing, mm-hmm. like, yeah. and they're still just Napoli played well. Napoli are a decent team, like, but they're still four two job done onto the next one. Like, it's just pretty relentless. Yeah, exactly. And um, we should kind of maybe give a word for Napoli. I thought they were quite good in the first half. They were quite unlucky in that respect because they get themselves back on level terms but it's just after Anguissa's equaliser to make it 2-2 they kind of just yeah just relaxed or I don't know just they were chasing the game the, we have to call it though uh, Rudiger horrific challenge on Zielinski which doesn't really get called bad. off and obviously Zielinski has to go off injured so I don't know what the extent is there for um, Piotr's there but I mean that that's, that was terrible but Word on Mazzari. I mean, how how do you see it? I mean, obviously, he won his game in Serie A against Atalanta. They played quite well. Obviously, Awesome Men's coming back to um, obviously fitness, so he came off the bench again for this match as well. 
Um, but yeah, do you, do you feel he got the kind of camaraderie? Because you saw the celebrations with Van Guisa and all of the players were together and they're obviously cuddling with uh, Mazzari as well. But I feel think like he's... players like him, eh? Like players yeah. do like him. I just, I'm not sure whether he's still up to the job. Like, but you have to say this, like the, the first four games of his reign are fucking mental. He's had Atalanta <laughs> away, Real Madrid away. Inter then he's got now. Inter at home and Juve away. Exactly. Like, I think in a weird way that could work in your favour because you've just got four, like Atalanta is not a free hit, right? Napoli should no, be going there and getting a result, right? Be. But Real Madrid away, Inter at home, and Juve away are basically free hits of like, look, we can just do what I say and we will there. show the world what we're about, exactly. right? And if if these results go well, or if the performances at least go well, that sets you up so nicely for the next run of fixtures where it's like Braga at home and you've got Cagliari at home. Frosinone at home. Yeah, exactly. Like, and there's a few games there that you can just really get a bit, a bit of momentum into. Yeah. And I think even like Roma away, Monza at home, Torino away, like the games after that, Slendertana at home, mm. are a little bit easier. So I think this could be a really good springboard for him. But Definitely. it depends on the performances being like, like they can walk out of Madrid and be like, okay, we lost, but we yes. didn't disgrace ourselves. We got two goals. There were some really promising signs. Mm. We had chances. Like there's enough there to build. So it'll be really interesting to see how it goes with Matsadi. What will be good is that it will be attacking football. It, it will, will be, be yeah. like, 100%. it's not going to be boring because he's never been a boring manager. Um, mm. But yeah, it, it's going to be fascinating. I still think he's only there for a very short time and to see this season out. But if it goes well, who knows? Um, yeah. But I think Napoli fans kind of feel like there's a lot of romanticism tied to his team, his earlier team in Napoli, yeah, because sure, he won yeah. them the first Coppa Italia since they'd been like reinvented, basically, and it was yeah. like this really big cup, and like so he means quite a lot to them. Mm. Obviously, the team was fantastic with Cavani and Lavezzi and all that, so I think he will get a bit of a grace period. Although I think they are equally annoyed at De Laurentiis for appointing him. If you know what I mean, yeah, I think it's yeah, like, there's a really that. weird yeah. dynamic at the moment. Mm, definitely definitely i think that's going to be an interesting one and we'll see how that plays out rory um but we do need to go into also benfica versus inter <laughs> i never saw this happening but um i think it was oh, you so that cool. may have tweeted this um Jao mario's career inter he only scores three goals he scored it all in the same night against that club as well fantastic um hat trick but then Benfica do Benfica things and collapse themselves, right? And uh, yeah, well, it was it was honestly incredible. I saw it was one 0 to Benfica. I was like, Joao Mario. Oh yeah, he used to play for them. So he got sorry to correct, but he got four goals at Inter. Right? Fine, four in sixty nine appearances. He got four <laughs> goals, right? And he managed to get three quarters of that in thirteen minutes or whatever it was, thirty minutes um, against Inter. I know that um, Michael, friend of the pod, uh, Inter fan was I talked to him at work today he was absolutely fuming like that guy was shit every minute he played for <laughs> us he's got a fucking actual piece of shit um but we do have to say also this was a massively changed into team like oh, this is yeah. not Rotated like they just basically team, wasn't it it was a bit of a mad one. Like Alexis Sanchez and Arnautovic up front. There's a bit of a weird vibe <laughs> going on. Um Davy Klassen in the midfield obviously yeah, yeah. but still they shouldn't be going 3-0 down, right? Nope. That's fair to say. But then you equally, on the other hand, I have to say, well, they did pull it off. They came back. Lisbon isn't an easy place to play. 
and they've still like managed to get themselves out of it. Like Inzaghi, whatever he said at half time must have been fucking unreal because they were a different side second half. Yeah. Um, but just personally, I really, really enjoyed seeing Alexis Sanchez on the score sheet in the Champions oh. League night again. I was like, oh god. Even I just the way he finessed that penalty, just like obliterated that, didn't he? And just yeah. like, oh gave that vibes. I mean, he was a good player even in Inter's first spell, right? When he came across. Yeah, 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 he was fantastic. He was fantastic coming off the... He'd always get these kind of goals when Inter really needed it. Like, they were behind in games and he would just work his bollocks off as as he would do, basically. He's just incredible. I remember that first spell at Udinese, right? When he was just a younger player Mm. and there was... Everyone knew there was a talent there and then everyone was shocked when he got that move to Barcelona. From then onwards, he'd become a really focal player, I think. And he's very much, I feel to an extent, Rory, maybe not to Arsenal fans, but on a large cusp of football fans, maybe underrated. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think people don't realise just how good how good he was. And for what for Arsenal, he was an absolute machine. Like mm. I obviously him going to Manchester United like just pissed me off so much, but then it was terrible. So I was like, oh good work. But <laughs> like, but if I go back and watch his highlights now, I just remember how much he was the what him and Ozil were the two players of that team. I was like, oh, we've got we've got something. We've got players that are world class. Yeah, and he was just always with beautiful goals, as you said, clutch goals, just key moments. He was there, grafting. He scored in every FA Cup final for us that he played in. He scored that absolute banger against Aston Villa. Just a beautiful goal. Yeah. Um. I absolutely love him. I just, I'm, I love him, and I'm just so happy that he's still playing and scoring, <laughs> even if it is a penalty um, to equalise for and he won the Scudetto with Inter, eh? So he's done exactly, all right there. exactly. Um, but yeah, Pazza Inter, of course. But they do manage to come back. That was just like a nice fun day out, I think. Apart from the, <laughs> apart from for sport, uh, for great goal by Fratesi, has to be said. Fratesi's yes. goal was really good as well. Um, um, but also Arnautovic, he's got his goal now. He, he can retire now, can't he? Yeah, that's um, it. Champions League goal. He's done it. He's got the. T- is he? Is he the one with the Champions League tattoo, or was it on his boots? I can't remember. I think he might. He's got have the something tattoo. like that. Yeah, I think yeah, he's got the tattoo he because won the tra- he won, won it with Inter, didn't, didn't he? he? Yes, right. <laughs> Even though I don't think he technically played a game, but yes, I yeah. think. He- yeah, he got closer get. than me, kind of. I suppose he was registered in the squad. <laughs> Standards <Yeah>. are high. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, we're going to finish the Champions League roundup with the game that we've all been waiting for, guys. Everybody really gave a shit about this. I know you've been waiting the entire time. Um, <laughs> Arsenal six, Lons nil. Woo! What an evening! <laughs> what an evening! Um, I think this says so much about Arsenal. We lost at Lons, obviously two one. And the team were just like, well, that's not happening again. And they absolutely yes. butchered them. Um, so Kai Havertz can't stop scoring. Um, scores again. Yeah. Late runs into the box. Um, beautiful finish from him. And then in the 21st, 23rd and 27th minute, we score to make it 4-0. Martin Erdegaard's goal, I think, is my favourite because the move was absolutely beautiful. 
the ball mm. across from Tommy Asu for Odegaard to volley in was just incredible. Um, and then Jorginho with a cheeky little penalty. It looked like him and Odegaard were arguing over who was going to take it. Uh, but Jorginho was like, no, look, I've got a reputation to save here. Uh, can I, have I won't please? skip. I promise I won't I skip. Probably, right? And he didn't. And you know what? I watched it and I was like, there'll be so many Italians just looking at the screen going, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, it was just so frustrating. So frustrating. Um, but the players I wanted to just very quickly talk about in this game are Kai Havertz um, yeah. and Tommy Asu. Um, Tommy Asu, <laughs> people will soon realise just how bloody good that guy is, and he's starting to add offensive output. Because I think that he was all—he's always been defensively solid. But yeah. when he plays right back, we miss the overlaps that Ben White provides because he just doesn't mm-hmm. get forward. He's just—that's not part of his game. This game, he was fully able to do that, and we've been we've been seeing him do it a bit more this year, and he's obviously adding that to his game. Two assists in this game, by the way, for Tommy Asu, which is insane. Um, I just think people are soon going to realise just how bloody good that guy is. Technically fantastic. Just I, Can I, I propose him. a new position for him? Because technically I saw most of the highlights of him mm-hmm. being on the edge of the area. So maybe he should be like a midfielder, perhaps? Well, because against... Against Man City, he sets up Gabriel. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, he gets the header down to Havertz. He's playing as a target man. Like, the guy is versatile, like, versatile. He's played all across the back four. Um, I'd honestly put him anywhere and be like, yeah, he'll do a job. Like, he will just do a yeah. job. Japan are creating incredible, <laughs> yeah. incredible Karo Matoma, Kim. Like, <laughs> their yeah. team is, honestly. But I thought he was fantastic, and I wanted to give him a bit of a spotlight because he doesn't really get it enough, I don't think. Mm. Um, and Kai Havertz, beyond the goals, what I really liked about this performance was that he had a bit of swagger about him. He had yeah, a bit of confidence. confidence. He knew what he was doing. He like, because all we've seen him do a lot is kind of double. You can see him double guessing what he's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Do I do this or that? And he gets caught in that split second. And in this game, he was just, it all felt natural. And yeah. you're like, ah, okay, here we go. We might start seeing something now. There's a moment where he dribbled past one of their defenders on the edge, taking the piss. And I was like, Okay, let's not get overexcited, but we're starting to see yeah. someone get a bit more comfortable. Um, and that is a positive sign for me because it looked like this signing was going to be a big old anchor around the neck. But mm. Arteta, is, he has a plan for him. He has a plan yeah, for yeah, him, yeah. and I think, I think we're starting to see it. Um, so I was really, really happy for him. And last thing on this, Bakayo Saka, five years to the day since he made, the de- since he made his debut for Arsenal. Um, just the difference I'm, <laughs> that that boy's made to my life. Um, but just, it's unbelievable. Five years already. I hate time. It doesn't feel like he's been around for five years, does it? No, it doesn't. Not at all. Um, but five yeah, years. he's given you so many special moments. I think when you think when he first joined, I think he was a left back, right? And then he yeah, became yeah. a left-sided player. Then he's gone on the right-hand side and he's become now this attacking outlet. So yeah, he's just flourished over time. I think his confidence mm-hmm. has grown. He's become more of a focal point for Arsenal over this, these kind of coming few years. And um, yeah, it helps that you've got a manager like Arteta that gives him a lot of trust as well. That's clearly mm-hmm. evident that he's appreciated that. And I think that's to your point around Kai Havertz, you can see that's what's happened. Maybe he didn't have that necessarily someone that gave him that confidence. Obviously yeah. the game against Brentford over the weekend, I think that goal helps him out for this that's game. Huge. That's a huge moment for him. So I think, it is. 
you you will see him flourish, and he we might be reminded of what people saw at Bayer Leverkusen when he broke I, through. I think really, if that really that happens, then we could be or Arsenal will be uh, purring, shall we say, because yeah. that could be an incredible bit of business by the end of the I season. Really, really hope so. And yeah, last last thing, Bakayo Saka now leading in the Champions League for goals and assists. He has Incredible. the most goals and assists in the tournament so far, ahead of Haaland, ahead of Harry Kane. We have a hell of a player on our hands, people. I'm super excited. Uh, oh, my God, I love it. So, guys, um, we are going to take a very quick break. Uh, it'll be quick, I promise. And we're going to come back and do a weekend preview because we've still got that to do. Oh, my God, there's so much to talk about this week. <laughs> yes. We will see you on the other side. My name is Massimo Morales, and you are listening to Anglo-Italian Podcast. We are back, and it's time to preview the Premier League weekend, all kicking off on Saturday with the 3 o'clock kickoffs. We have Brentford taking on Luton. Luton fresh off their first home win. Can they go to one of the trickiest away grounds and get a result here? Maybe not. Um, at the same time, we have Arsenal taking on Wolves. Gary O'Neill, if we get a soft penalty, I think Gary O'Neill's head might <laughs> He's going to flip. He's going to flip. <laughs> there's there's going to be scenes down there. Um, and if we don't get a penalty, Arteta's head might implode. So either way, one of the managers <laughs> is going to lose their shit. So it might be worth keeping an eye on that one. Um, Burnley versus Sheffield United. Two bald men fighting over a comb. Can either of them <laughs> finally get a win here? Um they are, oh God, that's going to be grim watching. I'm glad I'm not going to have to watch that. And then the late kickoff on Saturday, we have Nottingham Forest taking on Everton. Now is the time for Everton to show a bit of grit, show a bit of fight. It didn't really happen against Manchester United, but Nottingham Forest at home are a very, very tricky proposition. Mm-hmm. And then to finish on Saturday, woo, it's the big one. United versus United. Newcastle United taking on Manchester United. Manchester United unable to hold anything um going into a cauldron i can see newcastle winning this fairly comfortably what do we think adam mm, yeah i mean it, i think it's got goals in it right i, I think that's definitely going to be a theme um i'm just trying to see if there's any potential um players that might come back it doesn't feel like it at this moment in time mm. it feels like a lot of them are injured at this moment in time so yeah, I think this could be very much a goals-orientated game, but I think based on our predictions last week, I'm going to go for a Newcastle United win because I fancied Chelsea and they didn't turn up. So I'm going well, to go for was, Newcastle United. I was thinking, we said Newcastle, we said Chelsea <laughs> were going to win this, didn't we? Um, then on Sunday, we have Chelsea taking on uh, the club they want to be, Brighton. Um, who knows who? <laughs> yeah. Who knows what the hell is going to happen in that game? Honestly, I'm none the wiser, but I think it will be an interesting one. Um, We have Liverpool taking on Fulham. Um, That should be, I don't know, a very comfortable win for Liverpool. West Ham taking on Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace in really bad form. Mm. Roy Hodgson looking like he could actually be in trouble at some point. Um, West Ham starting to put a bit of form together. Kudos looking unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Um, West Ham will be looking to get a home win there, I'm sure. Then we have Bournemouth taking on Aston Villa. Revitalised Bournemouth. Iriola up for manager of the month. Did not see that coming. No. Um, against Aston Villa. Massive win against Spurs. Or do are they making the title race? Who knows? And then to finish, we have the game that Spurs always win. It's the game every year that Man City lose, <laughs> and it's against Tottenham. And for once, 
I'm kind of hoping Tottenham do well in this. <laughs> yeah. um, Man City, Tottenham, how do you see this going? Tottenham's still missing everybody, basically. Yeah. Uh, but as we said, Man City are get atable. I think this is going to be interesting because, again, it feels like, you know, when De Zerbi brings Brighton to Man City, you've got very similar philosophies mm. going on here. So it could be quite evenly matched, as you kind of alluded to, um, because the style of football is going to be pleasing for everyone. It's going to be quite open, potentially. A big question of who's going to be more pragmatic, I would say. Um, mm. I feel that's more likely to be It's not going to be, going to be Spurs, I'll tell you that. No, no it's, <laughs> it's not going to be Spurs. No, I can't see that being the case. Um, however, having said that, I, I, I think you know Spurs could have something about them in the attacking outlet because that's the thing yeah. that they've been quite promising and they've kind of showed that despite the kind of levels of their depth of quality that they've got in the squad, they still seem to be pulling out these kind of attacking outlets at the moment they're really kind of very strong in that kind of aspect and son i think he's going to score a hat trick one day that he's clearly he going to get a hat trick but he's right? always being ruled off mm-hmm. offside so this could be the game um but that said i just think man city have too much quality so i'm going to yeah. say 2-1 city personally probably you're probably right um but we will see guys big weekend yeah. in the premier league adam Take us to the Calcio. Let's go with some Serie A action this weekend. So we'll start off with tomorrow, or if you're listening to us on Friday, which is Monza taking on Juventus. Could be a tasty match here, Rory. Juventus, obviously, off the back of that draw with Inter, needing to capitalise and uh, get themselves ahead of the pack by winning this game. But it won't be easy with Rafael Palladino and his Monza side, who have been demonstrating some really strong results in the league. But then if we move on to Saturday, Rory, we have got Genoa taking on Empoli. Empoli, obviously, having a bit of a... I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, they crumbled against a swallow. So um, yeah, Genoa not in great place either, but they've got some individually good players. So that could be a tasty match in itself. Then we've got Lazio versus Calgary. And then the late kickoff on Saturday is AC Milan taking on Frosinone. Rory, I believe you may be taking bets on Frosinone and I would definitely back you because Matteo Sula, he's on fantastic form for Frosinone. They've got some individually good players as well. Eusebio Di Francesco is just getting that philosophy out there with Frosinone. Mm-hmm. And obviously we've spoken about AC Milan earlier, struggling, aren't they? But um, are you convinced it's oh. going to be a big win? I think Frosinone can get a massive result here, honestly. Um, not only because I picked up Reina in Fanta Calcio this week, um, so I'm pretty excited about that. But I think, yeah, this is ju- this has just got Frosinone marquee result <laughs> written all over it. <laughs> like, and I think, um, yeah, just pile on this one. Um, as who was it who got done for that? I can't remember who said pile on. Uh, it doesn't matter. The transfer, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, Kieran Trippier, that was it. Anyway, good. Yes, <laughs> Adam, move on. That yes. one. We'll move on quite nicely. Um, so we move on to Sunday's fixtures, and then we've got Lecce taking on Bologna in the early kickoff. Bologna, after their 2-0 win against Torino, find themselves currently in sixth position in the league, I believe it is. It's just waiting to load up, but I believe they are quite high up. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is sixth position. So, yes, they are going to be in a great position, potentially, to build on that. Uh, Move on to the further fixtures on Sunday. So, we've got Fiorentina taking on Salantana. Salantana securing their first ever win, Rory, with Pippo Inzaghi last weekend against Lazio. Let's see if they can uh, pile on more misery for Italiano. We spoke to a Fiorentina fan 
on Monday night's show, I'm sure he'll be gutted if they lost to Sutherland and Sana. <laughs> that um, would be, yes, yeah, yeah, less than ideal. Not yeah, great. Yeah. Um, then we've got Udinese, the draw specialist, not on last weekend, but um, certainly in general, Rory. Um, they mm-hmm. take on Hellas Verona, a game they probably could do with winning. Um, but yes, let's see what Marco Baroni has on his mind. Um, then in the late kickoffs, we've got Sassuolo taking on Roma. Uh, we don't know which way that's going to go, Rory. I'll be honest. That seems like another goal mazy game. I'm going to say um, it finishes 4-3 to somebody, but I don't know who. Well, this is it. But then also Mourinho, I don't know if you saw the quotes. Obviously, his players, they miss their mummies cooking and nonna's cooking. Oh, so true. This very, is why they true. will probably struggle very in this match. True. So let's see. But the big game, Rory, is Napoli taking on Inter. What a game Mazzari oh. has. Um, how are you feeling this will go? Is there vibes towards kind of Inter and the way that they're kind of impressed of late? Or will Mazzari pull off a masterstroke? Well, this is Mazzari's homecoming, right? It's his first yeah. home game since he, since he took over. So the atmosphere is going to be pretty mad. Um I think Inter get the job done here. I feel like Inter are looking pretty cold-blooded at the minute, but I think Napoli are going to go out on their shields. I think they'll yeah. like go out with a brave performance, but I think Inter will just show a bit too much quality, especially as the fact that they managed to rest so many players midweek mm. that like I think Napoli had to go full out against Real and yeah. Inter could just chuck out on on out of it and Davy Clarkson, like if you know what I mean. So I think like that, that could just make the difference. Definitely, definitely. Well, let's wait and see, Rory. And then on Monday night we have got Torino versus Atalanta. Torino are a team to watch out for because they're kind of slipping of late. Um, as I alluded to, Bologna beat them on Monday. Atalanta obviously lost to Napoli over the weekend as well. So they'll be wanting to put that right and get some results just to keep them in that kind of top six mix, I would say, Rory. Um, Yeah, I think worrying sign for Torino. Um, But that is your weekend kind of summary for Serie A. Um, Rory, Woo, we are done. Looking pretty good. I'm excited to have a very quiet weekend sign from the telly watching football, I'll be honest. And I'll be drinking tea the whole time, and I cannot wait. Um, but, guys, we are going to take another very quick break, and we're going to come back with the Mastermind Quiz. Let's do it. And here we are. Welcome to this week's edition of the Mastermind Quiz. Um, as always, my name is Rory, but I'm going to hand you over to this week's host, Adam. Thank you, Rory. So um, we have your beloved two options to uh, pick from this week. So um, your favorite being football nicknames in the UK, which you always seem to dodge. Or alternatively, you could go for the Champions League quiz. So this is just general knowledge Ooh, very on Champions vague. League. Very I've tried to cover like mainly English and Italian teams, but there is a few flavour, some kind of stats in there as well. So just depends what you're feeling. I just felt with the Champions League weekend that we've just covered, let's bring it. it in as a general quiz. So yeah, nothing um, too I... historical, by the way. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, let's do Champions League quiz. Let's do it. Let's, let's do go. It. Okay, Rory, as long as you're ready, I'm going to set the timer to a minute. So we'll do this in three, two, one. Which club did Thierry Henry make his Champions League debut with? Monaco. Correct. Who was the youngest player to score a hat-trick in the Champions League? 
Erling Haaland? Incorrect. Jose Mourinho won the Champions League with Inter in 2010 against Bayern Munich, but who was the opposing manager? Pep Guardiola. Incorrect. Which club made two consecutive final appearances in 2000 and 2001? But Dortmund? No. Incorrect. Who was Sir Alex Ferguson's last Champions League opponent? Real Madrid. In, uh, correct, sorry. Oh. Which nation had the most clubs to qualify for the European Cup slash Champions League? Spain. Incorrect. And you're, uh, I think we've just elapsed time, but I will Ooh. ask you this question just to see if you can get maybe three here on board. Which striker has scored a hat-trick for three different sides in the Champions League? Damn. Uh, okay. Um, who's got a lot of... Uh, Van Nistelrooy. Incorrect. Right, let me go through the answers and then we'll take it from there. So the first one you got correct, Thierry Henry made his debut for Monaco. Well done on that one. Uh, the youngest player to score a hat-trick in the Champions League, Raul. Uh, I was going to say Raul. I was literally like, it's... Oh, yeah. Um, number three, Jose Mourinho in, with Inter took on Bayern Munich. Who was the opposing manager? It was Louis van Gaal. Um Number four, who made two consecutive final appearances in 2000 and 2001? It was Valencia. Oh. Remember, Gaisca Mendieta, that period. Um, you obviously got number yeah. five right, which was uh, Alex Ferguson. Opponent was Real Madrid for his final time in the Champions League. Uh, nations that have had the most clubs to qualify for the European Cup Champions League you said Spain it's actually Germany believe it or not oh, damn, no. um, it's always by Munich go, I was right? going between Spain and England <laughs> I was like, I don't know why. but yeah. yeah and then the final one the striker that has scored a hat-trick for three different sides in the competition you went Ruud van Nisselrooy would you have guessed anyone else? Um for some reason, and I know it's wrong why this name is coming to my head. This will give you a, a, an insight into my mind. Matea Kesman came to mind, but I have no idea why. Incorrect, but yes. fair play, fair, fair shout. Um, it was Robert Lewandowski. So he's done a hat trick oh. for Barcelona, for Borussia Dortmund, and for Bayern Munich. So there you go. Um, I have got some alternative questions, but I am conscious of time. So I yeah. can just quickly run through them, but otherwise we can stop it there, mate. I say we put the listeners out of their misery. We can, we can save the questions <laughs> for another time, and we are going to wrap up the show there. As always, guys, thank you very much for joining us. Just realized, don't have a quote. Let's find one on my phone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for joining us. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Italian Anglo Pod, on Instagram at Anglo Italian Pod, and on TikTok, TikTok, TikTok at Anglo Italian Pod. Um, and we are going to finish with a quote, Adam Phil. Phil, 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 Um, just make sure you join us on Monday night's live stream where hopefully we'll be joined with some guests. Um, But yeah, we will endeavor to cover all of the weekend's football. And don't forget, actually, next week, we've got a lot of midweek games as well, Rory. Um, A lot of games that are going to be played during the week. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a fun, compact weekend across Serie A and the Premier League again. So, Hopefully that's filled we up do. enough we time have no for quote, you to guys. find a quote. We have no quote. quote. I'm, my <laughs> thumbs aren't fast enough. Uh, we can go with 
Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, bye. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> we oh, could have just mocked forgotten. it up. We could have. Sports Social Podcast Network.